Hi everyone, welcome to the Let Me Tell You Some Podcast. It is Wista. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about the shit that I want to talk about, not what you want to talk about, because if we talked about what you wanted to talk about, you'd be here, but you're not fucking here. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you are an OG, you're part of the Wista gang, welcome back. And if you're a secret admirer, I know who you are. And if you're listening because you think I'm talking shit about you, maybe I am, or maybe I'm not. But thank you for clicking. Okay, you guys, Um, let's get through this life update very quickly because I feel like, what are we going to really say? Last week I was complaining about my fucking job and how people were not respecting my work boundaries and I had to have like a whole meeting with that shit. Either way, ugh, work is work, doing what I have to do, but I do have an update. If you guys are in the New York area, the tri-state area, if you're in Jersey or New York, my artist, Sam Tracks, who has produced for Erica Badu, Drum brent fires a lot of brent fires songs um anthony hamilton ashanti who's actually shanti's tour manager at a certain point he will be performing live at aura restaurant and bar it's basically a very like known bar in hackensack new jersey on march 9th 2023 at 8 p.m if you want to meet me i'll be there if you want to listen to some of the songs that he's had been played on the All Black Network series, which is actually the top series on that network, um, Send Help, or even hearing some of the songs that are featured on episodes of Harlem. Y'all know the show Harlem with Megan Good. So definitely stop by if you are in the New York tri-state area. And it's a free event. It's free. All you just need to do is try to get your transportation. So get your Uber money ready. Get your gas money ready. Hope to see some of you guys there. The link, Ventbrite, will be in the description box. Do what you need to do either way. Stop by if you want to. Okay, you guys, let's get on to these topics because I feel like we have so much shit to talk about, but so little time. What should we talk about? Should we talk about Tommy getting her ass beat by Natalie Nunn? Or should we talk about um all the fucking documentaries coming out? Okay, you know what? Let's start with Tommy getting her ass beat by Natalie Nunn. If you guys don't know the Zeus Network, and I've talked about the Zeus Network plenty of times, I don't need to explain it to you. I call it like the black Netflix, basically, but mainly for, oh my God, how can I say this in the nicest way? Basically for reality TV stars that are looking for alternatives for them to have another peak because yes you can stay on vh1 yes you can be on um, bet you can be on mtv but it's like nobody's really watching those shows and people are not using cable like that so the zeus network you guys already know the krishan and blueface show baddies um west baddie south we also have bad boys and then bad boys houston which is coming up we know that recently floyd mayweather had a fight and we all know that one thing about floyd mayweather he will invest in black businesses. He invested in Hollywood Unlocked, which is owned by Jason Lee, which who also has ties with the Zeus Network. Think about that. So I'm not surprised that he invested and had the money team sponsor this fight on Zeus. So Natalie Nunn, which we all know, she claims to run LA. Although people I know from LA say you don't run it, but you know what? I'm not even mad because out of all the bad girls, from the franchise she really is the one who's still carrying it on and seems like she's making all the funds from it so respect to that and tommy from loving hip-hop atlanta if you don't know these folks i'm not gonna explain it to you because i've talked about these people before pay attention so leading up to the fight the fight happened in london 
So they went to the Chris Brown concert and I'm guessing allegedly there's a whole situation with Chris Brown. But then I'm thinking to myself is you guys sure this is a promo for this event? Because what they're saying is they were backstage and Chris Brown, one of Chris Brown's children, one of his sons were also in the backstage area and Tommy looked at the child and said, so cute. And I guess they took the child allegedly and like hit him away from her. And she started like tweaking out and talking shit. And I'm just thinking to myself is why would like, why would they just have the child around on a, like with no caretaker and shit like that? I don't believe that. That doesn't make sense. I don't think like, although we had a um last episode, we talked about Chris Brown. I feel like just logically thinking, I don't think anybody will put their child in that harm, especially like a public figure like Chris Brown with all those people and with security. That's just me. Tommy later then took the whole thing to social media, started talking so much reckless shit about the child to the point where it's just like, bro, why are you even talking about this child? The thing is, and I've said this so many times, anybody who knows this, who's like in PR, you're told this, you don't talk shit about the elderly. You don't say shit that you're going to harm animals and you don't talk about kids because those are three groups that can't defend themselves automatically so just don't even think about doing that shit and them having the back and forth between natalie and um tommy i'm not gonna lie when i was when i heard about this whole thing and it was gonna be on zeus i was actually gonna repurchase my zeus subscription but something told me don't do it don't do it no you don't need to freaking purchase shit someone's gonna freaking live stream on tiktok and that's what happened at first, I'm going to say it, I had my money on Tommy. I was like, you know what? I've seen how she's gone crazy on Love and Hip Hop. I've seen how she's done so far on Baddies, even during the audition. So I said, she'll win if she's not under the influence. And guess what? Natalie Nunn really proved us wrong for us folks who are backing up Tommy because that fight ended in a couple seconds. I would have been pissed off. If I did resubscribe and that was, that's what happened. Five seconds in and just goes to show you don't place any bets on a Zeus fight because some of y'all did place bets and that is very sad. It's going to be interesting to see what's the next move that like the Zeus network does. Cause we know that bad boys Houston is making a comeback and this time they're getting <coughs> Orlando Jones on the fucking show, which is going to be interesting to see how that's going to work out. All I'm going to say is it just looks like this is my opinion. This is my opinion. The Zeus Network, when they pick up folks, they make sure they get you at one of your lows or make sure to snatch up the folks who may be under the influence or going through something. That's what I noticed. That's how they get their entertainment. But that is my opinion. That is my opinion, all alleged. But since we brought up Chris Brown, I do want to give an update because last episode I did talk about Chris Brown's collaboration with Chloe Bailey. Well, it's Chloe Bailey's song, but he's featured on it. They recently released a song called How Does It Feel? I listened to it. Um, you, you know me. I don't do the like love songs and shit like that. Like I need something upbeat. That's just the mood I'm in. I'm just into like the upbeat mood. But I guess there's a lot of like ruckus within the Chloe Bailey fan base because if you guys don't know, she has a Discord and allegedly she is actually blocking the word abuse and also blocking and kicking out her fans that are actually expressing their disappointment at the Chris Brown feature that she has for that song. 
And I think I said last episode that a Chris Brown feature does still pull weight within R&B. I still am going to keep that statement, but I'll say this though. Um, this shouldn't have been a single. This should have just been an album. Because n- now that the song is a single, it's getting that exposure. Like, think about some of the artists that do have Chris Brown features, but they're not singles. Because I can name a couple folks who collaborate with them. For example, he has a song with Jack Harlow. He also has a song with her. He also has a song with Ella Mai. He also has a song with Blast. I can keep going down the list. This is all from 2022. But I can understand why some of those folks didn't get backlash. But her, that's somebody I'm surprised that nobody talked about that collaboration still. But for example, Chloe Bailey, you have ties with Beyonce. Beyonce is your mentor. You're her protege. So it makes sense that you're going to get more flack because you are basically the mentee to one of the greatest entertainers alive. So it makes sense that you're gonna be put at a pedestal and there's high expectations because look who you are learning from. Like I'm I'm one of those people, yes, I give people their grace, but I'm like, bro, if you are given the access to be around Beyonce, Giselle knows Carter, take advantage of that. But I think what, I don't know what it is. I really wish this song was not a single. Should have just had the song in the album or you could have hold this song in the drafts and dropped it a little bit further in your career because stunts like this or stints like this, usually you can get away with it once you have a solidified fan base. This is why I've said on this podcast multiple times, you need to have a cult following. Like if you want to pay, like if you want to get away with shit like this, you kind of need to have a cult following or you need to have a fan base close to like the barbs and the beehive where regardless what you do they're gonna still support you some of them are still gonna put you in your place but they're still gonna hold it down for you this is why when we think about like i have to bring up streamers let's say for example like the kai sanats and like the aiden rosses or even like some of the um female streamers they have a solidified following because a good chunk of their following are like teenagers or like young kids that will just grow with them if streaming and twitch is still around so it's like for chloe bailey she has to start building that audience so start attracting gen zers that are growing up so they can like eventually say oh my god well growing up i used to listen to chloe bailey similar to the barbs because a lot of the barbs grew up on nikki in high school and middle school like i'm one of those folks so it makes sense and I know that's a ramble, but just to say to my point, she needs a solidified fan base for her to do crazy stints like this. Because if your fan base is still rocky, but then also too, you need to know your fan base. You need to know your fan base. Because I've said this on a couple episodes, especially when we bring up the whole Chrisette Michelle situation when she performed at the freaking Trump inauguration um, dinner. She should have thought about who her fan base were. So when it comes to Chloe, yes, you can think about what your fan base is. I think Chloe's fan base is mainly women and I think also too we have to factor in and I've said this so many times Chris Brown still has a large female fan base don't forget with all those damn pictures that went live and viral on the internet when they were all paying $1,000 to go meet this man at meet and greets just to do these random ass poses so he still has a female fan base 
So just to add that in, you have to really be mindful about your fan base. I think it should have just been a song in within the album if she still wanted to keep that Chris Brown single on there just so she can build up on her streams. Because when you pick the track layout and the listing and then you guys decide to pick out a single, I always say this, like I said earlier, be mindful of your target audience and where you're trying to propel yourself. Yes, still to this day, I'm going to say it, a Chris Brown feature still has its push, but it does come with controversy. And this is what it is. Yes, this is getting people talking, but then this is also messing with like her main stakeholders, which are her fans. And I've always said this, regardless of what you do, if you are a business owner, if you're a content creator, regardless what it is, you need to maintain that relationship with your stakeholders that were around during the beginning or that were, you know, cemented within the transitioning of your peak within your career so when she picked that single she should have thought okay yes chris brown has a female fan base but she didn't think about her fan base and then also think about okay how many people are gonna like it how many people aren't gonna like it what are the pros and cons of these situations and i always say this pros can be pros in the beginning and they end up turning cons and then cons can end up being pros eventually later in the end but it's the fact that now Chloe is getting called out allegedly for blocking folks from her discord and also um, blurring out the word abuse because she's getting called out for it. It's kind of telling your fan base where you stand. And I'm always going to say this, like you're losing fans for this song. Yes, it did peak a couple days, but then we are what? How many days since the single been out? And now we're hearing that the song is steadily dropping on the charts, as in it's going down. So I don't know what else to say about it. I'm a Chloe Bailey fan, but either way, this was a move that she just has to deal with the consequences. You should have been more mindful. I get it. We live off of controversy and we also live off of being stunty. And that's something I know because of PR Having stunty moments does not always equal to good press. But then again, bad press is still press. People are still going to listen to it somehow, some way. In the end, you as the listener, as the fan, you certainly have to pick between your morals and ethics if you are going to continue listening to Chloe Bailey and that song Chris Brown or if not. Personally, for me, I wasn't fucking with the song because I like upbeat music. So not going to play it again. That's just what it is. I don't know about you guys, but let's get on to the next topic and let's focus on like more TV. And I know I like went all over the place because I just had to bring up that music situation. But can we please talk about how obsessed I am with Tubi? I know y'all like, what's like, you're fucking late. How are you just not getting to Tubi? Um, well, nobody told me that Mama D from Love and Hip Hop has her own freaking love show, which is basically kind of like, I'd say the low budget version of the Tokyo Tony show. Yes, when Black China's mom had her own love show. But imagine this. You have a mansion in Atlanta with nine men fighting for the love of Mama D. Mind you, these are not even age appropriate men, which, hey, you know what? If you like younger men, do what you got to do. But it's the fact that one of the episodes, Mama D, a.k.a. Lil Scrappy's mom or Scrappy's mom, and also the songstress too, I deserve, that song is literally playing on every single fucking episode when she has to pick every guy to like get to the next round, but Mama D literally had these men 
stripped butt naked so she could see their peen and she was rating their peen and their nut sacks and i was like wow i could see why this show did not get picked up even by zeus because this is a little bit too extra but the show is actually self-produced by her and i'll give her props for that because it's like you know how hard it is to produce like a reality tv show by yourself and making sure to have like a storyline and obviously it's atlanta they had a storyline about how a guy had a douche inside of um one of the bedrooms i'm just like oh I was not surprised. I knew that damn storyline was going to pop up eventually. But I couldn't sit through the whole like season just because like the video quality was so bad. And I was like, yeah, um, let me just go watch some other movie on Tubi. But I'll say this, especially whoever are like the directors that live out in freaking Detroit. I'll even say Baltimore and I'll even say motherfucking Houston those are the three cities that have the best Tubi movies. I'm sorry, New York. I watched some of our damn Tubi movies. I was like, wow, with all the resources we have in New York fucking city, if Jamal Willard or Murder Pain are in your movie, I know your movie's gonna be good. I know your movie's gonna have impeccable quality. I know your movie is about to have some good ass HD camera. And also, I know the sex scene's about to be lit because that's another thing that be pissing me off about Tubi. When y'all be shooting the damn guns, it's so obvious. It's like, I know there's enough money to like go to Party City and get some fake blood. And then the sex scenes, this is the thing. Maybe because we're so adjusted to like the sex scenes we've seen on like Power and like shows on like Stars to the point where I'm expecting the same shit on Tubi. Tell me I was watching this one damn movie. Dude was trying to have this damn sex scene. Mind you, they're just basically dry humping each other he got like fucking sweatpants on and she literally just had shorts on i'm like what was the point of this and how the fuck are you gonna zoom in trying to mimic the action i will say the amount of laughs i've had during those damn sex scenes to the point where i'm like wow this is definitely something i'm going to be watching when i'm having a terrible day and i just want to get my life together as much as we clown to be we do have to like give the platform props for like giving black directors and up and coming like black actors the opportunity to like show their craft because there are a lot of gems on Tubi as well y'all gotta watch the season the season is well written amazing amazing video quality like I had to watch that movie at least three times sex scene wise it was definitely better than what I explained to you guys but hey what can I say but other than catching up on Tubi movies you guys definitely have to like you know because i'm talking about sex scenes you guys have to fucking watch three-way on hulu three-way is actually a black comedy where it follows this sexually awkward girl who ends up dating her new boyfriend and like two weeks into their relationship he wants her to bring in like somebody else like he imposes hey let's have a threesome that's what he tells her straight up while they're in bed because i guess like you know she don't like sucking on the peen and he wants to get his peen sucked on which i was just like oh my god so the film follows the awkward girl the boyfriend but then also the woman that's brought in to the situation and it just follows them before the threesome and then the night of the threesome and i will say this this movie will mind fuck you but in the end, it gives you every single scenario and thought point that each person has during like a threesome and before it happens where like the sexually awkward girl is trying to see if she can impress her man while 
the girl that's brought in is actually a girl that had a crush on the awkward girl's boyfriend in high school and secretly wants to take him from the girl it's a fucking mess you guys but when I tell you it was kind of predictable but funny as hell Ugh, you guys need to watch it because it literally could be relatable for some people and how some people are like oh yeah they were definitely the girl that was trying to snatch the guy I was like oh at least you're honest and one last recommendation before we talk about the whole Michael B. Jordan situation y'all need to freaking watch Rap Trap it's a docuseries that um covers all the situations within rap and the justice system and how the justice system is now using well been using lyrics to lock folks up specifically covering like the young thug and gunna case and it kind of like followed young thug and his come up within the industry and how he is right now with the whole recall charges and situations like that and they also brought in some folks who were actually um arrested due to their lyrics and shit like that but definitely recommend watch it because it's definitely opening that conversation that door of why is it that for example an artist like johnny cash if you guys don't know who johnny cash is very well known um country singer for back in the past had a whole song about um wanting to see somebody die allegedly or some shit like that and he never got questioned about it or even did time for doing a song like that but young thug who has a song with Nicki minaj and one of the lyrics literally goes i never killed anybody but i had something to do with that body and it's like okay so he's going to get um charged for this type of shit allegedly but there's plenty of other like artists who are in other genres and of different races and have not been questioned for their crazy ass lyrics which may do with death or even some of them engaging in activities with people who may not be of age allegedly but that is my opinion and during the documentary you get to see kevin lyles and i think you guys forgot as well one of trey songs's victims is suing trey atlantic and kevin lyles so don't be surprised if trey songs gets dropped by his label let's be real atlantic and kevin lyles himself do not want their names attached to that shit so don't be surprised if trey songs gets dropped because i've been noticing a lot of artists are talking about how they've gotten dropped by their labels recently specifically at atlantic now that we're talking about dropping can we please talk about the news that dropped about like l'oreal getting checked by michael b jordan if you guys don't know who l'oreal is l'oreal i'd call her an influencer i'd even call her a radio personality and a tv personality to a certain extent but mainly radio she has a radio show in dc i think it's still in dc but she also has a podcast with wax who is Charlemagne's longtime best friend the bully and the beast podcast she also used to be on the lip service podcast with angela Yee, and i think she's also on another podcast that she frequently goes on to and she's from new jersey she used to actually rap yes you can actually go look up her music and it's very much 2006 little wayne flow Nicki minaj flow definitely you could tell music like there was a potential but there there needed to be some growth when it comes to it so she went to high school with michael b jordan if you don't know who michael b jordan is bitch you're living under a rock and i need to go google it because you have a smartphone so the new creed movie has premiered and michael b jordan is one of the directors 
which the film also features Jonathan Majors. It's crazy how Michael B. Jordan basically snatched that. No, I'm not gonna say he snatched it, but he took that franchise from Sylvester Stallone and y'all are not seeing Sylvester in any Creed movies. That's it. But during the red carpet, Michael B. Jordan, obviously, you know, gotta make sure you do some black media because I've always said this, um, black actors, black entertainers, y'all still need to be doing like speaking to black media and going on platforms like the shade room because that's still what helps you attract your core fan base anyways because even mainstream media i'm putting air quotes mainstream media like the folks who engage with the tmz's or like the people online guess what the people magazines and the freaking tmz's are sometimes getting the information from the shade room and lipstick alley but bringing it back l'oreal was interviewing michael b jordan and she brought up the fact that they went to high school together and he inserted oh the corny dude and i'm not gonna lie watching that moment and seeing how he handled it anybody who got bullied in school watching like michael b jordan have his moment with someone who allegedly bullied him we fully enjoyed watching that shit i'm not gonna lie i really wish l'oreal did stand her ground and say some shit like okay well you know what you're not corny no more but saying something else i get it it probably would have like twitched him off or some shit like that but still i was mad at the moment that like he walked away then she said oh yes you're not corny no more but l'oreal just say it in his face that he was corny keep that same energy stand your tall stand your ground but either way first folks who got bullied in school it was actually a very like moment where like damn when is my moment so i can show up on my bullies but then again too for folks who got bullied in school or just like had to deal with like some form of like shit like that or being called a certain thing or being called certain names we really do get our redemption moment but sometimes it's i have to say by karma like sometimes we always say okay this person will get their karma this and that sometimes we're not meant to witness it as in they might be struggling mentally or they may be struggling financially and you just won't know it or they're just miserable in life and you just won't know it so and everybody I knew that got bullied were like the weird creative kids that are now doing what they got bullied for and making a profit out of it. I'll personally say this. I got bullied a lot in school for like liking pop culture, even doing shit like this podcast and shit like that. Motherfuckers just bullied me for this shit. And now the same folks who told me I couldn't do it, the same folks who told me, oh, um, it's weird that I'm very much into like pop culture or even like learning about strategies and tactics guess what bitch i get paid for it especially at my day job where i have to give these big ass companies um ideas that gen zers would be able to be attracted to those companies so sometimes i get dms from folks i haven't spoken to since like 2007 and they'll try to like butter you up say oh, da, 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 da. you're doing this you're doing that so they can like see how the fuck they can like ride along with it and i always say this be mindful of how you treat others because you just never know what they can end up becoming in life. They could be your boss. They could be, shit, your in-laws. I don't know. Just be mindful of how you treat others because you just never know what people are going to be doing with their lives and how they're going to propel and how that could actually help you out somehow, some way. Because imagine if the whole L'Oreal thing, she was always nice to him, didn't do that shit, and she ended up interviewing him. Like, that could have opened the door for her to get a plug or some shit like that. I'm not saying that L'Oreal is not in the industry because she is and she 
is more closer to like the music industry but had she had some sort of relationship with Michael B. Jordan which was more in a positive light I'm pretty sure that could open the door for her to be included within Hollywood or even given the opportunity to meet folks who might be commentators at like E! News folks who are more within billboard or pitchfork or are part of those industries or those sectors of the industry specifically but still just really goes to show you just never know because some people will put you on but hey it is what it is in the end of it this is still press for her because now people are going back and listening to her old songs and this is giving her the attention that she can use still like i said bad press good press still it's, you're still getting attention how are you going to use that damn peak that you're getting right now to just amplify it and grow it and i'll say this like i said earlier it would have been even more impactful if she kept that same energy and think about how much more shit people would have been talking or the fact that she did stand her ground when she was talking to him. But either way, his pro, I guess his PR agent was there too. I think that Wiley Dozo was a PR agent. A lot of people were saying that was his girlfriend. Um, When it comes to Michael B. Jordan and his dating life, that ain't got nothing to do with me, bitch. And I've said this plenty of times on this podcast. If you find Michael B. Jordan attractive, you might as well like Yo Gotti because they got the same head shape. I said what I said. Just to end this episode, I'll say this. I've noticed there's a trend of like people talking about like friendships that they've had for 20 10 plus years for the folks who have friends for like 10 plus years how did your friendship evolve how did you guys get through stagnation within your friendship and how did you maintain that connection through ever-growing change and evolvement I really want to know because we never talk about how hard it is making friends as adults because I think sometimes some of the friendships we have from like high school middle school we maintain those relationships because of comfortability and like similar to like long-term relationships where there's stagnation it's like some folks don't want to bring in new people into their lives and I think it's important to think about that in friendships because if you ever notice when you let one friend go or somebody who is just blocking you from your blessing once they're out of here so many good things pop into your life but either way you guys thank you so much for listening to the let me tell you some podcast it is wista you can find this podcast on spotify soundcloud google play itunes well apple apple podcast not itunes but you know what let's manifest it and wherever you found this podcast is where you have to follow it or stream it write a review give a rating you got constructive criticism bitch i can handle it because guess what in the end it's helping me out you have topics or questions send me an email you can follow me on instagram at it's wista i-t-s-w-i-s-t-a and you can follow this podcast on tiktok at let me tell you something pod so you guys have a great week have a great day i'll be back next week bye you guys